Welcome to all you guys, gals, and non-binary pals. This is Scarecrow Radio. I'm Ben. I'm Darcy. On this episode of Scarecrow Radio, we have Virginia Bogert, Chris Kepler, and Susan LaSalle from Women in Film Seattle, a nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting respect for women on and off set and screen. They're here to tell us all about their work in the Seattle film community, including events like the Post Alley Film Festival. But first, Darcy and I discuss the upcoming release of one of our favorite films. So Ben and I have some very exciting news about a new release that Kino Lorber is putting out. And believe it or not, it is moment by moment with Lily Tomlin and John Travolta, a movie that we have been talking about on here since like day one. Ben, just before this, used the term historic. <laughs> so we are extremely excited that moment by moment is finally getting a release which was previously not the case. So you haven't been able to see this movie for over 40 years now. Yeah. And I mean, if you listen, you know that we did get a copy at Scarecrow, but it might not have been a very legit copy. Um, I don't know if I should be saying that on here, but we are getting a new Kino Lorber, better quality, real copy, official copy to the store at Uh, one point. I, I think it, they did a new transfer for it and everything, which I mean, no one's ever seen this in high definition. I know that there have been television screenings or airings. And uh, I mean, we have proof of those. That's how most of us have seen it. It's like a, you know, a rip of that, but we're going to see this movie in high definition. We're going to see those well quaffed uh, <laughs> Lily Tomlin and John Travolta. I, I'm so excited for this. I, I, I really do feel like us mentioning this has something to do with it coming out. Yeah, we're going to totally claim that. I will say one thing that I'm also very excited for, like you're saying, oh, it's going to be high def, but the the cover for it is like the original cover art and it looks like really bad Photoshop. I mean, it's not because this came out, what, in the 78, but like their hair is like, it's like clearly like cut out from a, a piece of the film. Like oh, really definitely. poorly and also i'm looking at it now and i just realized i thought john travolta was the person on top but that's lily tomlin they are twins in this movie it is so weird yeah it's really funny are you gonna eat cold chicken and uh an old bottle of white wine <laughs> or drink an old bottle of white wine when you watch this oh yeah yes yes i i rewatched some of it last night and man the part when travolta walks up to sorry uh strip (laughs) which it's so funny his name is strip because there are moments where i forget that that's his name Mm -hmm. and she'll just keep strip and i'm like wow that's really like and like no that's his name she repeats it so many times but uh the first time he like encounters her on the beach after they've already met and uh he's like are you gonna eat all that chicken (laughs) (laughs) um i also I just want to put this out there that I um, ordered some vintage lobby cards for the movie months ago. I have them um, with the purpose of sending them to the John Travolta PO box that he allegedly signs and then sends them back. The oh. only reason I haven't done it yet is because I have to buy like three really big manila envelopes. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why that's really a bit a month long issue. Um, but I hope to report back soon that I will have those signed by John Travolta. Oh, God. I, I think this would have been funnier to send to him prior to the announcement of the release because he probably would have been like, what the heck? Like, who 
who and why, but now it's like, I'm going to look like a poacher. Like, oh, I need your autograph for this Kino Lorber release. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll write a little handwritten note saying I'm not a poacher. I read some stuff about uh, his feelings on the movie and uh, he really was coming off like the two biggest movies of his career at the time who and produced by the same guy. Um, I can't think of what his name is, but uh, the guy who produced Saturday Night Fever and Grease produced mm-hmm. moment by moment. Yes. And man, you can't tell at all. There is man. There's none of the polish or shine that's on those two movies. I guess there's not much on Saturday Night Fever, but man, there's so, there's a quality in moment by moment that is just missing. Yeah. I think my favorite part that stuck with me the most is the last like 10 minutes when Lee Tomlin's driving out to get him and they have these like really long shots. Yeah. It's like probably five minutes of her just driving and nothing's happening. It's just her driving. Uh, The opening credits are like that too, where it's just her walking down the street and you're not learning anything about her. You just kind of see this, this street that she's walking down and the people who made the movie. It's not until she actually like walks into the drugstore that we get anything about her. So I don't know. The opening cards will almost bum me out like rewatching. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't rewatched it since I first originally saw it. And I'm going to hold off at this point because me and my Travolta group um, have been talking about we're going to rewatch that one. And Def. now we have a great excuse to and hopefully everyone is there. Uh, all the people listening don't have an excuse now. Yeah, you got to well, see once, Come August. So what's the release date on it, Ben? August 24th um, should be able to uh, order that through us uh, eventually, if not already, by the time this comes out. And, you know, we're talking about the king of bad movies here. You've seen no. Metal Fielder. What? You don't think he is? Well, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't say bad. I'd say, well, I don't know. I, when I say bad, I don't mean I know you mean it in a good way. I know you yeah. do. I, I guess I just feel like they're offset by some really good movies. Oh, he's made great films. I I, I take nothing away from like his I, really. I, I'm not. I take nothing away from John Travolta or his career. I just think he's made some of the finest bad movies. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. The it, finest bad movies. But like absolutely. honestly, the fanatic wasn't that bad. Well, we're gonna have a whole. I don't Travolta put that. It's not in that category. Story. Yeah. The fanatic is not a bad movie. Yeah, but Speed Kills that was pretty bad. Gotti that was pretty bad those are his new movies so yeah uh battlefield earth wild hogs yeah one of your favorites greece well and then there's ones that are just flat out boring like a civil action um that one or uh the general's daughter oh (laughs) god the general's daughter what a slog so you know he's in a varied career moment by moment (laughs) i think one of the better bad ones i just do it's it's at least a curiosity you got to see it also, I just have to mention for this month, uh, represents back at it. We're doing, um, we're highlighting queer directors this month and have a pretty long list of movies, um, part of queer cinema for y'all to check out. Um, so th- you can find the link to those lists in the description for the podcast. Um, and then also we are going to be talking to some of the members from Women in Film. Um, and just a reminder, Moment by Moment was directed by Jane Wagner, Lolly Tomlin's partner, um, who is a woman. That was probably a really bad transition into that. No, you're saying we're, we're celebrating women in film and queer cinema. Yeah, exactly. We're celebrating both those things. So, How many movies are written, directed, and starring a lesbian? Not a lot. Not that many. And now here's our interview with Virginia Bogert, Chris Kepler, and Susan LaSalle 
from Women in Film Seattle. I'm Virginia Bogert, and um, I'm president emerita of Women in Film Seattle. Um, I'm not the current president. Lisa Hammond is the current president. Uh, but I have that title because it was bestowed on me because I had been president on and off for uh, approximately 11 years. So I'm very committed to the organization, obviously. Um, I've been a member of WIF since 1990, its inception in 1990. I'm a writer and director, uh, mostly a documentary filmmaker, but I do commercial work as well. And I have a few narrative short films under my belt. And uh, I also edit all my projects. So write, direct, edit, um, and I co-founded and curate Postali Film Festival, which is, is uh, essentially hosted by Women in Film Seattle. So that began in uh, 2004, and then Women in Film got involved in around 2007, 2006. So that's a one-day festival of short films by women. Is that happening this year? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it will it will happen this year it'll be actually the films from 2020 that uh we're gonna online um this year still it's just been it's just been tough and uh yeah uh, we all have a lot on our plates so yes it will happen though and then you know and then we'll start um asking for submissions for uh for 20 uh for well, it'll be for 2022. So, so essentially we'll have skipped a year. Oh, I'm glad it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my little heart project actually. So take it away, Chris. I'm Chris Kepler and I'm secretary on the board of Women in Film Seattle. I'm an actor, audiobook narrator, producer, and consultant and voice actor. And I've been a member of Women in Film about 10 years. Awesome, Susan? Great, thanks Chris and Virginia. Um, yeah, so I was on the board of Women in Film um, many, many years ago. Um, and then I actually am now the grant admin uh, for Women in Film, but um, it's a beloved organization that supports women. Um, and, and then in my professional life, um, I have been a producer and unit production manager with the Directors Guild of America since about 2005 or 2006. Long story short is that um, since this is Scarecrow video, I'll just call out some of the um, films that I've been involved with um, as either a producer or a production manager. Um, starting off with second unit director on your sister's sister, a Lynn Shelton film you all probably remember. So shout out to, to that great film. Um, All I Want is Christmas, um, direct, local director Sue Corcoran. I produced and was unit production manor on, man, manager on that. And you can get that. Um, I believe HBO Max might have it now, too. But People Who Love Christmas Movies, that's a really fun one shot in Leavenworth. Um, Award-winning short, full disclosure, uh, won 18 audience awards, including the Golden Space Needle Award. Um, that's one to look up. It's a super fun short with Judy Greer and Brent Sexton. So if you're a fan of Judy Greer, that's a great one. She came up here and worked with us. Um, 
um, because she loved the script so much. Virginia Bogert's Judy Pie, a perennial favorite of KCTS um, for Martin Luther King Day and all African-American cast. And then uh, The Breach, which is about the last um, Wild Salmon runs. And that's actually um, a award-winning film um, by Mark Titus and um, one that's near and dear to my heart because of the salmon. And then um, one for kids called The Three Tales Movie, Mermaid Adventure. And then um, lastly, uh, The Gender Card Flip, formerly Second Nature, shot in Ellensburg. And that one is currently on Showtime. And then The Big Cell, The Paper Tigers, it's out right now. It's Grumpy Old Men meets Kung Fu. I was the unit production manager, wonderful team, uh, mostly Asian cast and crew. Um, but it's got something for everybody. It's a PG-13 because of the fighting fight scenes and a couple um, bad words. But um, it's in theaters right now. We just got an extension, but it's also available on VOD. And eventually, hopefully, we'll be at Scarecrow. So that's it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's my pit. I'm pitching all my film, uh, the filmmakers, right? You <laughs> sold me. Mine, but they're not <laughs> mine. They're everyone's. <laughs> they belong to everyone. <laughs> That's so awesome that um, you two have worked together. Have you two worked with Chris before? I'm trying to think, Chris. I think we may have worked on some of Sue's stuff. Sue Corcoran's stuff, mostly corporate or commercial, possibly. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've only worked with Chris um, on the board of Women in Film. Yeah. Susan, that was quite a litany of films, and thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my mentor, Virginia Bogart. So this is how it works. So she mentored me. I was a production assistant for her starting out. So um, she was on, she was a good teacher if, if the body of work speaks for itself. <laughs> That's awesome. That's sweet. <laughs> well, speaking of the board of uh, Women in Film, what is Women in Film? Um, and Women in Film Seattle specifically, I guess, as well. Yeah, uh, well, um, I'm happy to talk about that uh, because I've been with it so long. Like I said, it was, uh, it was established in 1990. And then in 93, it became a nonprofit. And um, it's an organization of uh, professionals in film, digital, and all screen-based uh, media. But we also have student members as well. And um, I'll give you the pitch. What we're committed to is advancing the careers of women and women identified and gender not conforming in the film uh, industry. And and when we say film, we mean, you know, it's all inclusive, you know, it's it's all screen based, you know, it's commercials, it's um, industrial work, it's documentaries. Um, and we are uh, the, the other thing that we're committed to is promoting diversity and working for gender parity and inclusion in the industry specifically. So we support our members um, and the film community through education and connection. And we're one of uh, 50 chapters of women in film and television. That's WIFTI, and it's a global network of over uh, something like 20,000 members in about 20 countries. And it too is the, the you know, the overall uh, thrust of women in film is that we're dedicated to advancing professional development and achievement in women working in all areas of the film industry. Um, it started 1973. It was uh, in, in uh, LA 
and uh, it was founded by the publisher of um, The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Titchy Wilkerson Castle. So it's been around for a really, really, really long time, as you can imagine. And um, I've read something actually recently about why Tichi founded it, uh, because she learned that only 2% of the TV scripts were actually made by women. And frankly, I don't know how much that percentage has changed in almost half a decade. <laughs> but we still, uh, we still persist. Our organization, the membership is not restricted to women. And I guess that, you know, basically that's it. We, we um, in our third decade, we continue to support women's work, women's voices and women's uh, leadership. But like Susan mentioned, you know, one of the things that we do each year is we provide a grant for, um, for our professional filmmakers. And it's a, it's a cash award, which is great. And when we can provide um, services uh, through partnerships with other organizations and other businesses um, in Seattle, we do that as well. And Susan has been administering that grant for quite some time. So right now we, we actually, we put out a recall, we recalled um, for submissions again. We just have to keep on reminding people there's that money out there and we're willing to give it away to our creative uh, women filmmakers. You all do scholarships too, right? Yeah, we do scholarships uh, uh, through the Seattle Film Institute. That's, that's you know, one, one of the ways they uh, support us. You know, they just uh, have been working hand in hand with, with women in film for years. I, I actually taught there for a while as well. Are there any noted recipients of uh, grants or scholarships from y'all? Uh, yes, actually, of, of, the, of the grant of Lada Knowlton uh, won our grant in 2018 uh, for the most dangerous year. And that's been in dozens of festivals, also won many awards. And uh, in 2019, it was... Um, Joe Ardinger and uh, Rosalie Miller for personhood, and both of those, uh, both of them have been in in multiple festivals and won multiple awards. And they uh, both of them also, I believe, um, have distribution too, which <laughs> which is always a boon. And what we and what we should be looking at right away when we're making a film. So. Since you're talking about um, local grants that you can give it out to filmmakers, um, who are some up and coming filmmakers that you have um, seen that you're really excited for? I, I would jump in and just say um, the women directors are always up and coming, women writers and directors um, in this industry. Um, and then I just would, would like to share, um, being a member of the Directors Guild of America, we have made some progress for women. Um, and these are the 2020 statistics, but um, 23% female Caucasians and 10% um, female directors of color um, and 2% that just didn't report um, either gender or um, ethnicity. So it's it's a total of about 35%. Now this is for um, for television. So those are, that we have made a huge um, inroad. Now, when you start talking about feature films, that's a whole different story because that's, you know, the television, the Directors Guild has a little bit more power to, I would say, maybe enforce that a little more. But, um, you know, when you're helming a big feature, um, 
I think, I think it's, it's tougher for women because, you know, there's just a lot of bias there about capacity and capability. So um, just wanted to throw that in there for people that are interested in, in how we've progressed. Um, I think in that it's still egregiously low with the box office um, films. Yeah. I was just reading the um, sheet that's on the um, women in film, like the more national site. And it was, uh, there's in the quick facts, it says, um, Women comprise 23% of all directors, writers, producers, producers, editors, and cinematographers working on the top films of 2020. Then the part that was interesting, besides that should be shocking, but this represents a historic high, but it's only 6% increase from 1998, which is like so disheartening because there's been so many new organizations and push for um, underrepresented people behind camera. And to see that it's only a 6% increase is just like, it's like there's so much great work going into this and it's like, there's just a wall. It feels like sometimes. Well, it's financial. I mean, it's, it's women, women asking for money basically to do their films, you know, and um, you know, Ava DuVernay is a great example, but locally we have um, SJ Tiro. Um, she has a new film out um, called uh, East in the mountains starring Tom Skerritt. So I would say she's up and coming. If you haven't seen lane 1974, well, beautiful, beautiful film. Um, you know, and, and that was an all woman crew, I believe on East of the mountains wasn't all women, but they made a huge effort. Jane Charles, the producer on that, um, to, and, um, Misha, um, which I never pronounced her last name correctly. Check. Sorry, Misha. Yeah. Check. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so, and we have amazing female producers and Seattle is kind of known for that. I mean, we have Megan Griffiths, we have Lynn Shelton. Um, we have producer Lacey Levitt, um, who has a show, right. A TV show here right now. So, so we do have some pretty amazing women. And I think the shocker is when these women leave here, um, Mel Eslin is now down in, Hollywood working for the Duplass brothers. And when they leave here, it's a bit of a shock for them because we were told Lynn was the only woman in the room. And she, she found that surprising. And we said, Virginia and I think laughed and said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And that's how it is. (laughs) Seattle's a little, you know, safer up here for women. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's different. I think uh, Seattle has sort of a different climate in terms of that, but we're, and we're known in the independent film arena, um, but it's, it's indie film, you know, where, where the big money is not. Um, but I think, but television, uh, like Susan was saying, yes, television has come a long way for women directors. In fact, one of our really good friends who we don't hear that much about uh, up here, but our uh, really good friends, Barbara Brown, has made great strides as a director in L.A. and travels all over to um, to direct films. And, but it took her years. I mean, she started. She started she supervisor. At, uh, yeah. Hmm? Script supervisor. Well, yeah, exactly. I was thinking she probably was a PA first, like most of us were. And then, um, yeah, and then became a script supervisor. And then that kind of locked her into uh, that role, too, because she's so good at it. And she was working for Ryan Murphy. And, you know, it's like they they don't want to let her go, you know, but um, but she got she got um, a boost, you know, there and. And has been, you know, once established and once, you know, you have a, an, um, an agent, which is so important, 
you know, she's been doing she's been doing really well. So, yes. Yeah, so TV, you know, has come a long way. But but like Susan was saying, too, it's um, women are just not trusted with big budgets for whatever reason. And I, I would love to do a podcast about why about that and why there are not um, enough women directors um, helming big projects. You know, I, th- I think that. Um, the DGA has done a great job, you know, that they've made great strides. I think the Me Too movement um, started things moving and um, the ACLU, you know, organizations like the ACLU has has made it happen for women a bit more. And like Susan said to Ava DuVernay with Array, you know, just providing a, a list, you know, a database of of women who are in the industry and people of color who are in the industry. And uh, we've been talking about having, you know, creating that for us here. Um, Women in film is the only, is the only organization I know that has a database of women filmmakers that you can go to. So anyway, I wanna wanna dominate the conversation here. (laughs) Yeah, Virginia's referring to arraycrew.com. So A-R-R-A-Y crew.com. And that's Ava DuVernay's, um, you know, national, I'm assuming it's national, maybe international list of crew. And then shout out for Barbara Brown, um, P-Valley, if you haven't seen it, it's probably one of the more feminist shows. Um, Don't be scared about the um, stripping unless you have a real aversion to that. But um, you know, it's it's very representative and and kind kind of shockingly um, feminist. I would say if feminist isn't a dirty word for you, I haven't heard of that actually. Where do you watch it? Uh, that one is on um, Showtime. Is it Showtime or Stars? It's Stars. Thank you, Virginia. Yeah, it's it's on Stars. It's going into its second season. Um, Barbara will be directing a few of those, I believe. Maybe that's a spoiler. Sorry, Babs. Um, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Okay, yeah. hopefully I haven't blown it. I haven't blown it for her here, but we're just super excited about it because our family loves this show, but we're we're a bunch of grownups. So I wouldn't, yeah, you don't want this on with your kids for sure. <laughs> you also directed the last episode of um, Glee, I think, and she- Several uh, of the last episode. Yeah, which is a big deal. Yeah, so we have we have some pretty amazing people who live and work here and probably some that we don't even know about, you know. <laughs> if you don't shop at Women in Film, you don't get called out on the Scarecrow. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to know what Chris is working on now, too. Enough about us, Susan. <laughs> what are you working on, Chris? Well, um, I recently provided a voiceover for an indie filmmaker. Uh, that was through my agent. And I'm working with a screenwriter in Germany. Uh, I met her through uh, the stage 32, and she had a, a screenplay that sort of lent itself to being an audiobook. She was introdu- in, interested in making it into an audiobook, so I did that for her. And we've continued our friendship. And in fact, that screenplay that I turned into an audiobook, it's really more like a animated series about a cat, a special cat. And it was originally a book in German, which hasn't been published yet in English. Uh, but the screenplay is written in English. 
And so she has it now actually with the animator. And I just uh, did a little bit of voiceover for the pitch deck. So he's out there pitching it as an animated series. Shere Khan, the magic of Shere Khan. I love cats, so I will be staying up to date on that one. <laughs> I love this German cat business, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. She actually has, she's, she's been here in the U.S. quite a bit. She has a lot of contacts in the film industry here in the U.S. So it's been really interesting. And it's, you know, very nice to know someone in Germany. My last name is Kepler. So <laughs> have any of you worked on um, like international sets and experienced kind of the divide there? The international, the international work that I have done, I'm in charge. So I haven't, you know, I haven't. And that was that was a while ago, too. But um, being I was a producer for a while, you know, so being the producer, I just had to make things happen. So mm -hmm. I didn't. Yes, I, I have. I mean, over the years, I've experienced, you know, the the resistance. And um, I also tell people um, I'm from New Jersey originally. And although I I look um, prim and proper, I'm not. And I don't take a guff from anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have, I have friends who say, uh, when I say, oh, yeah, I'm from New Jersey, they go, oh, that's why. Okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, I guess kind of what I've been curious about listening to all this, um, I used to do work, work on sets. And I got kind of disheartened in Seattle because my experience was not positive. Um, and I was not on sets that had a lot of um, female and just was just very cis male. And it was pretty rough. Um, and I used to work at a job for a few years where in production where most of the team were female. I mean, they always talked about like, yeah, we're going to do all female crews someday. And I think some of them, you know, are in the industry doing that to an extent. I guess my question is like for someone who's had, who's had kind of negative experiences in the Seattle sets, like where, what the next steps are from there to get back into it. Like, how do I join these crews or someone else who's new and wants to dip their feet in and be in a more um, safe space? Like, how, how do we find those sets and people who to work with, I guess? This is a constant question, and this is something that comes up all the time, and it is extremely disheartening, um, especially for me, an older woman, been in this business for a really long time and had to, you know, fight this, this issue. And I hear it constantly. And just heard it again very recently, you know, in, in, our, in our group discussion, in our Facebook groups. And um, um, I don't know exactly what the answer is. And I don't know how we can legislate the morality of people working on sets. But I'm personally working on it. <laughs> I'm going to say, I, I'll say that um, aside. Uh, we're all we're all working on it. We're trying to make things change a bit. What's great, going back to what's great about Seattle, is is that there are so many women in charge. You know, so it does it does happen here. You know, and it's a lot of outside influence that comes in because they're not used to seeing women in in positions of power. And it is a good old boys network. And 
It's a whole nother conversation. And I mean, there are certain areas like where, like what Chris does is that's for, you know, she, she's got a neat role, you know, she's got an, I mean, when you said that you feel a little more protected because you're in a niche position, Chris, or, but when you're on set, I mean, and have been, how, how has that been for you? Generally, I've had really, you know, good experiences, but, you know, especially I've gotten older, I'm more careful about who I work with. <laughs> yeah. And you can afford to be, but that's, that's the thing, you know, most of the complaints that I hear, and I shouldn't say complaints, you know, most of the statements come from younger women who are trying to work into the industry and don't want to make waves. So they don't complain you know, because they don't want to, they don't, they want the next job. And I get that too. I mean, when I started out too, I just, I swallowed a lot, but I did tell a lot of people off. Somehow I got away with it. But there was a time where I wasn't hired again because I did demand certain, I demanded to be respected by being paid on time, you know, at the same time all the other guys were. Um, and so I didn't get hired again, but, you know, like I went on to do other things and it's, it's, it's hard as I, I feel like that Susan and I discussed this a lot is that we feel um, as older women, we actually have paved the way for, for women in Seattle, you know, just by being present, always being there, you know, working on set, you know, we visible, you know, when you're visible, People know you're working, people know you're doing something and people respect it, you know. So just just by changing that face of the of the industry here, um, you know, putting on a, you know, a female face, um, it's it's made a difference. But it is, like I said, very disheartening, you know, to hear that from you and to hear like I just heard the other day and, and having to deal with it and then sometimes feeling like you have no power to be able to deal with that. Yeah. I do think it's um, kind of what you said, like it's hard when you're especially younger because you have a few things working against you. Like, you know, you can't afford it, but also it's like people are already like, Oh, you know, you're, you're young. You don't know uh, what you're doing. So I'm in, I'm in a position of power in more than one way now. It's like, Ooh, this is not good. Like this should be supportive, but it's also hard because sometimes I think that's just the film industry in general. Cause it's such a, I mean, you know, men created the industry, but there's so many issues still with it. Like even ways of like getting paid on time. Well, as a woman, that's an issue, but it's also an issue always or expecting getting, being expected to work these like wild hours and stuff. It's just, it's a, it's a rough industry to begin with. So. Yeah. Well, they didn't, I just want to, let me just say one thing. They didn't actually create this industry. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. They didn't create this industry and that's part of women in film. Virginia, take it away. Yeah, please. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, that is another whole long conversation, but women were, women were equal. Women were equal in the, in the beginning of, of uh, the film industry. But when it became very apparent that there was a big time money involved, men took it over, you know, and women, very creative women got sidelined. and. Um, 
but like I said, that is, that, that is a whole podcast unto itself. You know, why there aren't, you know, why did this happen and why are there not more uh, women directors or women in power? Um, and it is, it's basically, you know, it's a money thing and women at every aspect of filmmaking, they will, there is somebody, there's a man in charge. So even getting into a film festival, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're, if your film doesn't appeal to some guy who is, uh, you know, on <laughs> reviewing your film and deciding whether or not it's going to be in a festival, it's just not going to get in. But that too is changing. It's just baby steps. It's just, just too slow. We can't wait any longer. We have a good friend. Who, we have a good friend who I always quote that's on the film task force, the Seattle Film Task Force with um, Susan and with me. And he always says, now we can't wait. Wait broke the wagon. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I use it all the time now because mm -hmm. I love it. Um, what you said about visibility on sets gave me chills a little bit, like just the idea of being on a set and having someone who's not a cis white guy or just this man really at all like in charge or at least in some position of power is just so um it's just not in, on my radar so it's just so nice to think about like you being like yeah just being on set is a way that you're there for people like that's true yeah it's true i um i i'm in charge of uh i'm in charge of the women of film facebook page and i you know i try to keep it up to date and post really um interesting and fun things, you know, about local filmmakers, but also, you know, national and international. And I posted a link and I can't even remember what commercial it was, but I wrote, I said, we love this. We love this commercial and it isn't for what they're selling. Can you guess what it is? And in the commercial, you see that the director is a woman, you know, it's just like, you know, it's a Gina Davis says, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. And and seeing women in positions of power, in positions of running things, you know, and and unfortunately, um, men are just not used to that. And that paradigm has to change and we have to change it. Um, I was uh, featured extra on the was that 2019? Yes, 2019 on the, the TV show that's oh, shooting oh, here the, again. Yes. Are you allowed to say that? Um, yeah. And they're not, I just noticed they're not putting it out on the casting calls. It's like cable show. It's like, oh, yeah, though. No. Right. <laughs> Everybody yeah. who's done it knows what they're talking about. <laughs> is, this, is this where you're an Amish woman? Yes. And that, that episode uh, was directed by a female. That's awesome. Did you notice any differences um, on that set versus other ones? Or is that too much of a generalization? It's the first time actually I've been on that big of a budget set, okay. which was really cool. <laughs> was uh, And I, I happen to know a lot of people because they used a lot of local crew and there was actually several female, you know, there were, yeah, there were, it was not an all male crew. So uh, but it was really, you know, it was very nice. I, I really enjoyed the experience. I've heard from the men on crews say to me often, it's a lot more comfortable and nurturing. I mean, I hate to say that, like, like it's just, it's just easier. And uh, the men often feel um, 
they feel respected and and cared for and um, acknowledged. You know, it's it's some some of those men some some men don't even feel it just goes right over their heads. But um, but yeah, I've heard that a lot in in Seattle that they just like working for women. I guess that kind of also shows like, you know, trans non-binary um, does every kind of director or every kind of identity needs to be represented on sets. Cause I mean, if there's more people who identify as women than people who identify as like trans non-binary at this moment in time. Um, so if we're feeling that, then it's even bigger for other people, which is really, that's also very disheartening. Um, and I'm curious if there are little pockets, like if Seattle has a lot of female filmmakers, if there's little pockets of other places where there's, you know, uh, trans crews for things. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to to find out the stats on that, too. I, just, I feel I feel that um, sets where women are in charge are a lot more inclusive, just generally more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another film, um, Wes Hurley's um, Potato Dreams, which. Um, has there were there were quite a few trans people working on that i know it was um women helm misha again and sarah crow and some others um yeah so so we do you know we have the luxury of being or i don't want to call it luxury but we are an indie film you know town so these films get made and um it's a very diverse crew in some cases i think in some ways we're kind of hard really hard on ourselves because you know, it's it certainly can be worse other places that films out right now, too. Sorry, I wanted to just say that, that films out right now. I just try to promote them because, you know, we need to have people watch them <laughs> in order to be able to do yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, Wes was just on. Um, we did like a scarecrow telethon and Wes had a little segment on it, which Aww. was really cool. Yeah. I love that film, by the way. It's gorgeous. So, yeah, if you get a chance to see it, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. And lots of Seattle landmarks in that one. Some of it was shot in Scarecrow, right? Yes. Actually, there's a whole video section. That's right. Yes. Where his dad goes and rents the movie. It's great. Or his stepdad, I should say. That's You know, what's nice about that, too, is there are so many films that say they're shot in Seattle and they're not shot in Seattle. So it's it's lovely when um, or in Washington. And it's it's lovely when our filmmakers are able to to um, locate their films here, you know, and, and for Wes, I mean, it's an important part of his story. Well, also, I mean, I'm sure you heard about the the major motion picture that was filming the last two weeks um, and all the flack it got. And I, I don't know, I didn't read into it that much, but it's just, it's, it's just funny. Like, you know, we get them every few years and then it's always like, they don't know how, you know, Seattle really works with that stuff. So I, I feel like Seattle kind of holds the indie badge a lot. Very proud of like how community oriented it is, which is really cool. Yeah. At least, well, at least we have that going for us, but there is also that aspect of, everybody keeping their cards close to their chest because the slivers of the pie are so small, you know, and, and unless you're making it for yourself, you know, like Susan and I always talk about, you know, that that's how we often get our work is like, we make it ourselves, you know, we create the projects ourselves and um, yeah. Yeah. So you were saying that woman in film has a, um, like kind of like a roster, right? So you can become a member and then get on like the roster of uh, a professional working in Seattle, correct? 
Yeah, that's one of the perks of being a professional member of Women in Film is that, yeah, you are on that database that's accessible on our website. I'm always interested because on the, like all the Seattle Facebook production pages, people are always like, we want to hire, you know, like women. And I'm always like, is, there is a database, I believe, um, which sometimes it feels a little bit performative when these men aren't doing that, but at least they're trying. So um, that's a very good thing to know. I mean, we've been around for over 30 years, but we just keep on having to remind people, uh, if you want to know where that database is, you just ask us. <laughs> well, circling back to that, too, um, one of the things I've been so impressed about our organization is, um, and I did have to bring this up to um, the city of Seattle in a meeting once, is that, and I think Virginia, you spoke more eloquently to this, but um, but we have become the place where if there is sexual harassment, um, you go, you turn to women in film Seattle for support. And, um, I think, I think especially Virginia, um, but Chris, you may have been a part of this too, just supporting and the board, um, supporting people that want to file a complaint and helping them walk through those steps of how to file a complaint and, and still, you know, keep your job or, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so I think that's an important piece of work that women in film has been able to do for our community. That's huge. Yeah, I would, I'd like to be able to, well, I don't want to get into it. That's <laughs> something we're working, it's something we're working on. So I don't want to talk about it quite yet. Yeah, so, but we do have measures that we're trying to help, help with the city and, and other organizations get, get into place. Um, because right. one would assume that when you have women helming things that these things don't happen, but that's not necessarily so, but um, in the experiences that I have, because I'm in charge, um, you know, I find myself saying, you need to come to me first before, you know, things get out of hand, um, you know, and you should always be comfortable um, if there's a woman in charge coming to that woman and, and saying, you know, what, what's going on. And it can be dealt with. And in a few cases, we've dealt with some pretty serious issues uh, successfully. And so there was no story there, but it's, um, you know, it, it, it takes w strong women to be in charge of those situations, I will say. That's such a double-edged sword because someone needs to be in position and be open enough to talk about that and do the work, but also that shouldn't be happening. That's also extra work back onto the woman. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the person yeah. in charge for sure spends a lot of time just dealing with it. But, you know, it's just the way the world is, you know, and so first acceptance, you know, and grieving and then um, you deal with it, you know. And you deal it with deal with it because it's the right thing to do. Um, how would people experiencing sexual harassment on set um, get in contact with you? Like, what's the best way to do that? On our website, we we all have our 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 personal email address addresses on there, so somebody can reach me personally. You know, Virginia at laughingdogpictures.com. but um, via, via email with at womeninfilmseattle.org is is our email address but all but also what we find a lot is that um, we, we do have an official facebook page but we also have a, a women in film community forum and that's where we're seeing a lot of discussion uh, recently about about this this issue you know like sometimes i feel like oh you know it's it's getting better you know it's getting better you know like something happened locally a couple of years ago that was, you know, 
that was very disturbing and upsetting. But that was quite a few years ago, you know, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, things are getting better. And then <laughs> just the other day, there was a posting and it's, and it's anyway, anyway, that that is a way, you know, po posting it on that uh, the community forum page, getting in touch with any of the members of the board of women in film and just see, you know, just having a place to to deposit that information and talk about it um, is helpful as well. Um, on a lighter note, do you want to talk a little bit about your programming? Like I saw you're, you're doing those. Um, I saw you had the taxes one. And I was like, I'm really sad I missed that. But you can watch it. You can watch it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we record them and then we uh, we post them again. So you can watch it. And I, I have to have to say it's been disappointing sometimes because I see like, we only have like 20 or 30 people watching, but then it's, you know, everybody's so busy, you know, you can't always say, oh, I'm going to the second Tuesday of the month, which is the event, the second Tuesday of every month, I'm going to watch something on Zoom that's educational for me in the film business. Uh, but, but you can watch it again at, at your leisure. So, um, yeah, so that that's what I'm, I call our signature event, which is um, the second Tuesday, Women in Films, the second Tuesday, TST. And uh, yeah, it's panel discussions, mostly at this point, panel discussions. And we've been we used to do them live. We'd have screenings, too. We had things uh, we have our um Chris, what do, what do we usually do for our, our second Tuesday events? I mean, we've had it on Zoom since the, you know, since the pandemic. We have all sorts of educational panels. Those have been, I think, the most popular because they're just so, you know, informative. Yeah. And speed networking. That's what I was trying yeah, to think. Speed networking. We've done speed networking. We haven't screened anything for a while. We used to do that on a regular basis when you know before the pandemic yeah so yeah. and that that was always really popular yeah and the speed net networking we really can't do that on zoom exactly so but that was a super popular um event because it and we tried to do that twice a year because that was an opportunity for people to meet one-on-one -on -one and do a three-minute this is my project this is what i need i need an editor are you interested you know that kind of a thing yeah, that's yeah. The speed networking is one of them. When pre-pandemic was, I think it was our most popular. I'd have to say. Yeah, that and our holiday parties. <laughs> oh yeah, the parties. <laughs> yeah, but the pan the panels are always yeah the panels are always uh, have always been really well attended and and uh, what I've been asking for recently is. And we do this periodically. We send out surveys, say, what, what do you want to hear about? What do you want to learn? What, you know, what experts do you want to talk to? You know, like it's, we have to come up with this all the time. Oh, it's tax time, you know, and it's going to be different this year. So let's do one on taxes. Might sound boring, but man, that was, that was pretty helpful. And the one on production insurance too. Um, do you know the group production peeps on, um, on oh, Facebook? Yeah. 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 So it seems to me that like periodically somebody is asking questions about production insurance and, you know, like, who do you recommend and what does it cost and do I need it? And so we did one recently about that. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I even learned something on that one. 
<laughs> and I've been doing this for, I don't know, 35 years. <laughs> you all want to say what is up and coming for uh, women in film? We do want to do a shout out to the film task force. I mean, they did a lot of work um, this last year, um, quite a few women and um, BIPOC people, um, you know, during the pandemic, trying to set us up for success after um, when we could all go back to work. So, um, so I think you're going to hear a lot more about the city of Seattle, the film task force. Um, there's potentially going to be a film commission forming, which will be great for the city to help promote the city and, and provide more resources. And I also think, um, that we'll probably be announcing some kind of recovery effort, um, by the film task force. So, which I think is, is very much needed right now. So, so that's some things to look for you know, over the next six months, I would say. And then just a lot, um, you know, our busy season is coming up. So, you know, June through probably September, October is when we do our most, the bulk of our work in Seattle, just because of weather. So, um, so there'll be a lot of productions happening in and around the Seattle area. So look for those. Yeah. For, um, for me via women in film, I just want to get Post Alley Film Festival online. <laughs> so that that's a big, that's on my plate. And that's it. That's a big thing for me um, because it, it provides um, an international venue for, for, for voices of creative women filmmakers. So um, yeah, so, so that's one big thing. And then the other thing, and <laughs> Susan is always on my case about this, I, I am working on a script for a feature. So awesome. that, that's, that's my biggest thing. Um, that's down the road, but, but yeah, I'm trying to focus on that and, and uh, less on other things, but other things always, you know, take precedence mm -hmm. um, like, like the film task force and like women in film and, uh, and occasionally a directing job that I get thrown. Where can folks find and follow a woman in film? Our Facebook page is Women in Film Seattle, and uh, Twitter is with Seattle. Instagram is with Seattle. Uh, the website is www.womeninfilmseattle.org. For more information on Women in Film Seattle, including the Post Alley Film Festival, visit womeninfilmseattle.org. Darcy and I want to thank you for listening and remind you that Scarecrow Video not only rents to the fine folks of Seattle, Washington, but we ship rentals all over the United States from Haddonfield, Illinois to Hill Valley, California. With over 130,000 titles in the archive, renting by mail is one of the many ways Scarecrow brings people and film together. That's it for today's show. And until next time, remember to be kind, rewind, and always return your discs and tapes on time. <laughs>